Back again. Thank you for joining us here on Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Max Bredos, Vince LaRosa. And uh, we... It's a bit somber here today. It's a bit somber. And I know everyone's is licking wounds and trying to put on a brave face. It's a bitter pill to swallow losing to the Galaxy at their season. And it's also made more bitter because you have to wait a few months before they play again. And bragging rights will belong to the Galaxy for that span. Well, let me bring up the mood for a hot second. How was your Sunday? Happy Mother's Day. Happy Belated Mother's, Mother's Day. Day to all the moms. I know you and I have great moms. and why your, I have a wife. Your wife is a mom. Yes. Um, and I, I, I would like to do this, so just remember it for next year's. First of all, I do want to mention I'm going to wear this for the people who are ju- tuning in on the YouTube side. And we highly in- encourage you, if you listen to the audio podcast, the YouTube side is accompanied by an incredible studio here at 110 Football. But I still have to go through the security protocol, and I have to wear my security. Can do. you see that? You do. Until we, until so I had to put it somewhere. So I want to put this here, and I want you guys to see it to remind you that I am a visitor here always. I, we're trying to. You don't have to. We're, uh, well, I'm a big Look deal. at that. Put on, my, put on my right leg. Look, man, you signed pen to paper and, and you know, joined the, the pirate pack that we got going on here on our ship. You don't have to do that. Yes. Okay. So just, and if it goes, you'll know what happened. So, uh, wait, you stepped on my Mother's Day. Okay, I, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to my mom, but I also want to say to all those people that unfortunately sorry. have have lost mothers. I know it's a tough day. So I, I, I hope, saw that, I hope that you made it through the weekend. Carl Anthony Towns, who recently NBA player, had lost his mother, and they were doing a Monday uh, Mother's Day preview, and it's on the social media accounts in a lot of places. And uh, he's with his father, and he's brought to tears. And to see an athlete, seven foot athlete, yep. you see that all of a sudden the twelve year old boy and his love for a mom. And I'm like, and uh, I saw that it, as well. That was emotion. That's probably what prompted this a little bit for me because so was I emotional. think that's good because yeah. you know moms. I say lose all the holidays, all the 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 father. We don't need you. Father's Day. Well, your father, if you want to ax it. I want to concede my Father's Day to Mother's Day. Uh, it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And um, I screwed up a couple of years ago when I, I had a really rough weekend and Mother's Day rolled around. I slept in and I had to rush to work and I didn't do the little things. And all it requires is a few little things. Right. Because they do all the little things. You don't have to get them, you don't have to get them jewelry or wife. You get them some, I, I went to the LA Flower Mart. Have you been to the LA Flower Mart in downtown? I have. I saw your photo of it. Wow. It was exhilarating. Yeah. I mean, I said, I took me, I got lucky with a parking spot. Mm-hmm. I went in there and then I went into 10 stalls, all these exotic flowers. I got an artichoke for myself that had bloomed, mm-hmm. which is a purple flower inside that artichoke that you would normally eat. Yeah. So just walking around there is really uh, an experience. And it was good haggling and. Well, as you stuff. know, I'm a horticulture, horticulture aficionado after our Oscar talk and how much I really love those uh, centerpieces with the flowers. So. I appreciate the flowers. Good prices. Yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking maybe I'd b- get the flowers there and then take them to the South Bay where there's no really flower places, leave them in my yard and make a little extra money Bay, why not? on Mother's Day, which would seem ingenuous. Don't try, don't try to take those jobs. <laughs> I know. So I would, but check out the LA Flower Mart and let's, let's feed our Los Angelinos uh, and their businesses uh, beautiful orchids, which yes. I got from my mother-in-law who lives with us too. So great. that was great. So Mother's Day, let's push it and make sure you do the little things for next year. Because it'll set where everyone's in a good mood in the Bredos household now. And okay. if you did that too. Well, we, we set the table now. Okay. The we good ta- stuff. We talked a little bit about, before we went on, Max and I were like, how long can we talk before people just rage quit and get mad at us for not bringing up the game? So let's, I guess let's just dive right into let's it. Get, well, let's talk about the game day experience. Yes. Which was fantastic. Yeah. 
It felt like a real, it felt like real match. First like, time I felt that in a long yeah. time. Yeah. But the the first, uh, the Austin game, felt like that. Uh, and then this one, this one. No, uh, no, this felt a lot different to it me. It did feel a lot different. I th- I think a lot of it was because we were at the Austin game. We we were working, so we are always kind of stuck higher up, and we don't get to kind of be a part of it. This one, we were kind of right in the middle of it. That felt real, real. Like we were on, you know, on the concourse level, seeing the people come in. It just felt a little bit. A little bit different. It's not. I'm not saying it's better. Don't, don't kill me. <laughs> don't kill me. I'm I, just saying it felt a little bit different. I didn't show up that early, so the game kicked off at five fifteen. Yeah, five ten. Five ten. And I showed up at two twenty, and I was the first person in that parking structure, which was very strange. That is weird. I could. I was like, where do I park? I could park anywhere. Yeah. And I went there. They didn't open the gates till three. The woman told me to go to go left, and I was like, okay. Figuring someone was gonna then steer me to wherever I go, I was like, "Do I? Where do I park? Just anywhere?" So I just did. <laughs> just park it. I mean, what do you 12, do? Twelve thirteen in the lot. So it, it, and then with it between, like, it was still very quiet, quiet, and then like from four thirty to like five thirty, boom. Yep. If eight Started nine thousand folks in there, mm-hmm. um, and it felt like hostile territory, which it's was I I wasn't sure how to prepare, that. and that was that was. A good feeling that made that got the blood flowing yeah. about how it was. There was trash talking. There was extra security, um, not allowed on their the berm side where they have the big scoreboard where the the, the Victoria ga- block side. Yes, the Victoria. I'm sorry, I spent so much time at that stadium through the years because we did everything. It's new. They're trying to get it to catch on. I don't but they said, "Don't walk there if you got your LAFC colors." Of course. So I was like, "Okay." I go, "That's." You're like, but I'm Max Bredos. I went through a Max Bredos. Well, my- I got it. I got this. I know all the security guys. They gave me a walkthrough, and some guy goes, I heard some guy as I was walking by go, who the heck is that guy? <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get into the game because I know that's what everyone wants. But my favorite Max Bredos story, and I think I've told this on the podcast before, is we were after a game one time at Galaxy, and I think it was like, uh, it was a draw, one of the draws there. We're walking to go, you walk down the south end to go, to go in to go to the press conference, and sometimes you get held up. So we're just kind of standing there. I'm standing there with you, and this guy keeps going, Bredos. Max Bredos, Bredos, Max Bredos. And finally you looked up and you're like, hey, buddy, what's up? He goes, F you, Bredos. <laughs> <laughs> and you, were, you laughed and you took it so grace, graciously, but I was like, that was one of the funnier things I think I love ever that happened. stuff. I love it. I love it when they're, cl- they're creative and the, the setup's like, okay, thank you. He did seem like he wanted to say something nice to you. He's like, Bredos, Bredos, hey, Bredos. Yeah. And you turn, you're like, hey, buddy, what's up? F you, Bredos. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, I deserve it. I deserve all of it. <laughs> so, I mean, that atmosphere was, uh, and then it, just to go to the end of the game, we were sitting in a couple areas where we're doing the 110 football post game show, which was really good. You could feel the uh, excitement post game. So, check those out. While well, getting heckled just a little bit. The heckling was off a little the charts. It was that. getting pretty, I mean, I was like, whoa. And I, <laughs> we, we were dishing it out. Yes. So, we were having to take it back. It was right all back. fair played. It was all, all fair play. All, and all I think fun. everyone in that, one t- that area, uh, from the LAFC was like, yeah, this is, yeah, it's real. We're back, yeah, really back. So it was a, it was a pretty rough feeling. So just talking about the atmosphere and all the particulars, we get into the game, and um, I know people are going to be very upset. We've seen the comments, and look, this is you don't want to lose Fine. this game because it's going to leave a mark for a while. Right. Uh, as I said in the post game. And this is, this is not going to take the pain away at all, but it was really the best the team had looked. The gal- it was a, we can't always say this. The Galaxy got a good bounce to set up the Chicharito goal against the flow of play. Mm-hmm. And LAC just continued to craft opportunities to get through. 
all the statistics were certainly in their favor. And then when they tied the game, you knew it was coming. It was like, this is, the dam is about to break. Yes. And they finally got the goal. And then, give credit to the Galaxy, they were able to pull that up, and that place went bonkers. So uh, it's, uh, you need more, it was one of those things that you figure they need more goals. I think they have, they've, they've, they're way below the goal-scoring standard that they have set in years past. And mm-hmm. even last year when things were up and down and, you know, it was a very tough start to the season, they managed to score goals. The defensive side was what came around a little bit later. Defensive side is there, although they did give these goals that both should have been avoided. And you can't keep saying that, obviously. Uh, you said it, too, about the Pablo Cisniega. He almost had it on the Chicharito. He got two hands on that. And that changes everything because that early goal allowed the Galaxy to tactically change things, which is not sustainable. I guarantee you, if they play like that weekend, they are going to pay a heavy price. And I don't know if they're going to. That was obviously getting a a lead and playing against LAFC. It worked here. It's a long season. (laughs) I'm going to empty the I know. How many more are you going to drop on us? It's a long season, but these are the things that happen along a season. And if things don't improve, but I think I saw enough signs where they were suggesting that this, this is something that bears and will pay off to be patient. Yeah, we're not discrediting anybody's one emotions in this because we, we agree with you. I mean, we both came in today like, oh, we're going to have to talk about this. And we understand that emotions run particularly high in this game. I mean, LFC fans don't like to lose, period. But they definitely don't like to lose that game. Um, We've built this rivalry to such a level where it's going to hurt whoever loses that game. But you have to, in in the wake of it, more than 24 hours later, I think you have to be a little bit objective about what you saw. I I saw a Galaxy team that played a lot like they played in years past, which was interesting to me. I thought we were going to see something different from Greg Vanny. He put out that 4-4-2, which he doesn't really like to use. Um, but it caters into playing that style of football where you're going to be opportunistic. You're going to kind of get bodies behind the ball. You're going to hope for mistakes. And I think the one thing that you could say that was really damning of LAFC is that they played into it at times. They literally played into it at times. But then I think you do have to be objective and say, but man, we really brought it to them, especially starting that second half. I think uh, I talked about it on the post game. I didn't love the, the change from kind of the diamond to the 3-5-2. It just didn't seem like they knew what they were doing. In a game like that, high leverage, high pressure, do you want, do you it, want to change systems? Do you want to change formations? And again... I've been I've, thinking about that really quickly, and I, the more I think it was... It seemed like, at times, it, it felt a little like a 3-5-2 from the beginning. It was the dime, and I agree yeah. with you, but there was... For like a quick minute. I it, think once the goal yeah, went it in, it flowed went right in and to out. a 3-5-2. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just... It felt like they were thinking through it. And that's exactly what the Galaxy want you to do, because you said in the pregame, you got to be clean in the midfield because they're going to look for 50-50s. That's what they want. And they and got that's one what and they that got. led to the goal. And it literally led to the goal. And then... And you got to give credit for the Galaxy for defending it, full commitment, slide tackle, yeah. boom, carry right into the yeah, back. Yeah, it's not fun. Like you said, I don't think they're going to do that over the course of the season. It's not fun to play that way over the course of the season. They looked worn out at the oh, end. Yeah. I mean, Mayor Chicharito was... I mean, his legs were wobbly. That was... That was a test of their fitness, which they passed in the end. Yeah. Well, in the second half, you change to that 4-3-3. And you get the players back in the, their comfort zones where they, they know where guys are going to be. We play in a positional system. And in a lot of ways, guys know where guys are going to be before they're there. Um, I will say that. So I, I did a little parsing through social media. And again, I don't want to discredit people with their feelings and the way they felt the game went. 
But there was a few things I saw on social media that, that are, are not 100% correct. Like there were some complaints about guys are just standing around. So in a positional sense, they're not standing around per se. They're just being in the areas that they know they need to be in because I guess the best way to put it is it's like a, it's like a car motor. They're pistons. Yep. Things kind of move back and forth. So as one goes up, another goes down. So they're, they're staying in spots because either they can have the ball played to their feet or as a movement happens, you can move into the, the space that's vacated. It's not necessarily that they're being lazy or they're just standing around. I think, I think that's my other big thing. Don't, in the long term, this is going to serve everyone and not just watching LFC, any soccer game you watch. Do not moralize these players. I don't want to hear the, this guy's not trying. This guy doesn't want it enough. I, I'll tell you what, if I, you and I have had just a small smattering of Bob Bradley when he's very mad, <laughs> right? Yes. And we know what he demands of his players. We've got, and I say mad at us. Uh, we've also seen him mad at the team, but not in, never in the locker room sense. I've never gotten to be in that locker room. I know that there are some times where there's some yelling and screaming. If there's one person that knows who, what player is giving energy, what player is not focused, what player is not, it's him. And I guarantee you he would never put a player on that field if he thought that they didn't care enough, didn't give enough energy. And he would immediately yank them. I don't care what time of the game it is. I don't care who it is if he thought he saw that. So I would just say as a fan, maybe buoy yourself from that because I just don't moralize that. It's just such hard. I saw a lot of effort. I saw a lot of effort. I mean, execution's a different animal, and we can debate that, and there's things that they have to resolve, and there's there's some timid nature, Mm -hmm. um, which force changes quickly at halftime, that decisions have to be made quicker. And that is all part of what this team is all about and preaching and the style that they play. The decisions have to be made super quick, and sometimes they're not made super quick, and you pay a price quick you have to be brave this is a system where you literally have to be brave you have to go that's into that's what players want to play yeah, you have to go into the jaws of a, another team and try to unlock them and when you do that you got to be clean with your touches you got to know where you're going next and, and you basically like you said your mind has to be faster than your opponent so we're not saying again i'm not saying don't look at mistakes well clearly there were mistakes there was two big glaring mistakes sifu in the midfield you cannot get caught in that situation mario you did so much work with Kim Moon Wan to, to suss out that situation, delay everything, and then to try to take a te- cheeky touch with the outside of your boot to get into the corner to get out of it? No. That's the time. That's not the time. Not the game. Not the area. It just, everything was wrong about that. And I'm not, I'm not I will 100% own that. Uh, but the, the effort things, it just worries me. I don't, well, I don't, like, I don't like to talk about players' efforts because, again, if there's one person that knows, Who's giving the effort? It's Bob Bradley, and I guarantee you he would handle that. So it's just, it's, I don't like the moralizing. I, so we can, I will stay clear of that. Now, the execution part, and this is something that I think LAFC ha- has seen these last two seasons when they've fallen off since the record-breaking year in 2019, is, and I don't see all the clubs in front of me, but it feels like, and maybe it's stylistically as well, it feels like they pay a heavier price for those mistakes the most clubs. And I think yep. that I think that is part and parcel with the style. And when it works, you do it. But if you're playing a certain way uh, and these mistakes are illuminated, I, and I wish that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. I wish mistakes could be absorbed a little bit more, but yep. you've mentioned two mistakes and it led to the two goals of the, the three or four really good chances that the Galaxy had. Yeah, and some mistakes are unavoidable. I think our biggest criticism of the team, and we shared this after the Houston game even, and it's going to linger until things get figured out, is we still see a team that's in second or third gear. When are they going to rev it up? When are they going to give us a 90-minute performance? 
We saw a team at, at CONCACAF Champions League that made mistakes, but always got to the next play. Yeah. It was like, mistake, fine, move on. Now I'm seeing a team, to your point, that's timid again. Mistake, and then it's kind of like, oh, is the ref going to bail us out? Is this going to... No, guys. No one's going to bail you out. You need to get up in... You need to get the engine revving. You need to get going. We need to see a 90-minute performance. That would be my biggest criticism of this team. I have not, in these games yet, four games, we're now four games in, have not seen anything close to a 90-minute performance. That's a problem. And they paid a price. They've sunk down the Western standings, I think, if the season ended today, which it doesn't, and there's a long way to go, and the schedule's going to be much more accommodating uh, opponent-wise because they've had, you know, they've had a, a, a challenging stretch here. I don't know how good the guys are going to be at the end of the day, but it's a rivalry game, and we know what goes into it, and emotions run very high. Uh, but it's, it's a situation now with LAFC that they have a lot of guys that are going to put their hand up. And we saw that with the starting 11. Then you saw Mahala come in, Danny Masofsky a little bit later. You saw Kim Moon Hwan, and we'll talk about his performance, which was very encouraging, a lot faster than I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can really motor. He can fly. He looks like a proper right back yes. uh, who finds that space. And it's just a small sample size, obviously. But it was good to see him obviously putting the work in. And then Marco Farfan coming as a left-footed player, as a left. So these guys came in and all, I thought, had positive moments. Danny was a smaller time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but in addition to the guys, obviously Sifu and, and Chiki came out. Uh, the, the guys that replaced them seized that opportunity and were able to get some good minutes. I think certainly for Marco Farfan, which I saw some good crosses come in, yep. got them airborne, which I think is a huge development. And Chiki needs to kind of get that too. And it's going to be a big learning experience as well for all these guys. But there's a lot of guys there, and now some, the right combination of guys have to put the hand up and lift the entire team to get these results. Get the goals when it goes into the back of the net as opposed to hitting the back of a defender, these kind of things. But there's a good group there that I think are capable of taking to that next step. But it, it, the pressure is going to mount. And now they have Seattle in the next game, which is another tricky spot. For the Western Conference, yeah. And they look great this week. Well. Mm-hmm. They look okay. They look, they look okay. okay. They got the, another they rivalry game. Yeah. It's another rivalry game. Uh, you, you kind of just kind of led into the takeaways, and I think I, I'm going to fire them up right away. The, the first one for me um, is, is Cheeky Palacios, Farfan, Kim Moon-Wan, and the idea that we said coming into this rivalry game or not, this was a, uh, a point in the season where we're going to kind of learn a lot more about this team. It's an inflection point. It's a time where you got to uh, settle in um, and really bring in, I think, Marco Farfan has really brought it. I mean, he came in at halftime. To your point, crosses with that left foot. I mean, we've ha- seen it him mostly. dropped in there, and I'm like, that's. The thing is, we've seen him mostly on the right side, and he's left-footed. And he, look, you can't tell that he's not right-footed on the right side. But, man, when he gets on that left side, he's got a really nice left foot. And I think if, if you want to talk about, not effort, but you want to talk about being held accountable for what you do out there, I think we've, we've probably got to see Marco Farfan because. He's, he's shown that he belongs, um, and he stepped up in a, in a high-leverage situation at halftime and brought a lot of energy and brought a lot of good things that we haven't quite seen from Cheeky Palacios. So I think that, and Kim, Kim Moon I, I liked what I saw. He came in a, a much more cameo role um, and was buzzing. I mean, man, he, I, there was one where he, he lost the ball and then immediately got it back, but after making a 10-yard sprint to, to win it back, um, he, might, he might be another one that, that needs to get some time. Like some, some guys need to know, hey, your spot is not secure if you play this way. 
it's he'll get closer. I don't. I wouldn't expect him to see him like start a game, but maybe he plays a bigger role. But he is, you could see the fullbacks if the right guys and Cheeky's got so much talent and he's done it and he's played in the Netherlands and he's done well. And I think it's a good spot for him and Sifu for that matter. Because remember these these guys are kids. Yeah, that's they're, it. They're, they're I mean they're far from home and we we can't keep saying that. Eventually they have to deliver. But it's uh, with Cheeky, it feels like he just needs to. Trust his, his instincts and go there. Because I thought there were some moments where he had, a, a, in the first half, he got in behind the defense and they stopped, touched the ball, brought it back into Atuesta. And I'm like, no, just yeah. get in there, make a run or, or cross that ball. But it's it, the crossing from the fullbacks, if it gets a little bit better, to me, it's a game changer here. And that's, there's space for them to go up yeah. there. There's space for them to go yeah, up. Do, do the simple things well. I think that's what cheeky sometimes he's so yeah. talented he that he is. figures i can Superb get away athlete. with this i can do that no show us you can do the easy things or, or the more simple things well um and do them at a high level and then start to peel back and show show us that you can do some some spectacular things because we know it's there um but again and, and then that kind of segues into the my second takeaway was the fullbacks were so much better in the four four three three the three five two I understand it. But then he would play that because when he knows the fullbacks are going to be a threat. Yes. And maybe in a few weeks, if it's Farfan or, or Cheeky, and say it's Kim Moon-Hwan, who's like a pure foraging right back, mm-hmm. and those guys are comfortable, and you'd find time for Blackman. Maybe he covers as a central defense, and he does play right back, or they split yeah. that. What, however it looks, it is, uh, it is, it's, opt- it's pretty promising. Well, you can... I can see why they went 352 because when you think about the Galaxy's last game, they had a lot of trouble with Seattle's 352. And then you think about the type of players you have at your disposal without Carlos, and you say, well, we've got three really good center backs. And yeah, Tristan plays a good right back, but why don't we try to, why don't we see if we can do this and get some width, get some, get some guys around the outside because we know the Galaxy are going to be so narrow. Uh, but again, that, that point that I brought up earlier, they just seemed like they were thinking through it. The angles for passes weren't there. Um, the ideas weren't quite the same. And then immediately, look, it's a change of personnel, but also the change of, of uh, formation to start that second half. Immediately, they started making even more inroads, and the pressure was really, really on. So I, go with, you know, I say you just roll with it because it's, it's what these guys know. And they, even when you don't have your high-end talent, which I think we all, well, hopefully we'll see Carlos soon, being that well, he's been in training. Let's do the takeaway with Carlos. Because that's, that's, my, that's my last takeaway. Carlos. We need, that's your last takeaway? My, la, well, my last takeaway is, is Carlos. We need to know what's... Well, because it's, it's obviously much more serious than we envisioned. When we first saw it, it was, we didn't know if he was going to come out of the game, and he's missed the subsequent... Yeah, we, go, we went from making jokes about it to being like, oh. So yeah, it's like we have to take a step back, and it's... He's back in training and, you know... After not coming, in full training. Not in full training, but coming off a season where he missed so much. Right. You know, you get, you get very nervous. I get nervous. So it's... His absence is huge because it's Carlos Vela. But his absence is huge because they have Baird and Rossi, and I think they're comfortable with those two guys. Mm-hmm. They're the two hardest, two of the hardest working players in the league. They're doing full sprints late in the second half. And if you don't... But know, as a two, they're not complimentary. No, no, no. I, but it, I think Carlos could unlock them oh, yeah. and make them so much better because he'll find space for them and pay off for their runs. So that alleviates all these things. So Carlos is big for being Carlos, but it's just a systematic fit. Yes. In the meantime, we can't assume Carlos comes back Sunday based on this trajectory. 
So Sifu came in. I think Sifu's still the main guy for that spot. It's not a position that he has really grabbed onto. We've seen some signs of it. Mm -hmm. And then Mahala comes in, and then Danny Masofsky also comes in. I'm not sure who is that, who is the best stopgap measure until Carlos comes by, but that needs to be alleviated in, in, in the short term because they've got to find a way to work with Baird and Rossi, have some guy who can distribute that. And I don't know if it's either one of those three guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about roles for me. Uh, you have a guy like Mahala and he, he's going to take guys on. Uh, he's going to run beyond the defense. He's going to try to create windows that uh, put the fullbacks in trouble. Uh, and, and that's what you need. And so whether it's Mahala in there or it's Masofsky with the two guys running off of him, I think you just you go back to what you know um, and you, you, fill in, you fill in the roles. You fill in the positional play that, that you've done. And then when Carlos comes back, um, you know, Carlos knows this system better than anyone. He can kind of seamlessly move between the, those, those positions. I, I like when I see the three rotating. Um, when Diego sometimes through the middle, sometimes Corey's through the middle, uh, Mahala can find spaces. It just, it's, so, um, it's just so much to deal with for any back line, um, for fullbacks to be one looking at the ball in front of them and knowing that a guy's running off their back shoulder. Uh, I just, it was too predictable um, that other way around. But yeah, we, gotta, we need to know a little bit more of what's going on with Carlos. And I think we will this week. I think we're getting closer to knowing exactly what's going on. Yeah. In the um, meantime, if you're concerned about it, you have every reason to be concerned yeah. because you're like, okay, we all said, I said to go, if Carlos is training and he has a conversation with the coaching staff and says, I'm good, I can play, I go, he's going to find a way to get in that game. Mm -hmm. And I also told you he'll probably start. He's not gonna, it's not going to be a half measure. I'm going to play 30 minutes. So we got the news that he wasn't going to play. And then I, I, it's, it felt to me because of just the nature of that game a little further away than we all thought he is to returning. Yes. But well, as you said, we'll find some answers. But I, that and was a little discouraging for me. And again, to, to rewind back to your point about last season, it's probably the smart decision. It's just when we don't know, now we're all getting antsy. Yeah. Now we're all like, well, we'll just get him in there because we're losing games. It doesn't, or we're not, even we lost, first loss of the season. We're not losing games, plural. Um, but we're dropping points and we don't look good. Um, and, and everyone wants to see the team that looks good. We want to get out of third gear, get them in there. But if we know, hey, guys, look, th this is why. Carlos, we need him for the full season. It's not about, it's not about you know, this little burst at the early parts. Then I think it's a little more palatable. So I think um, this is a, this, look, this is a, uh, it's, it could be a, it's, it's a criticism of Major League Soccer, but it's the way the league is built. It's true. It, it and does, they do it keep is, it opaque. When people say, oh, you got to bring it every game. Yes, that is true in, in some place. And you do have to bring it every game. But in a single table situation where you need points for whatever your goal is to win it, to qualify for Europe, mm -hmm. as they do in the, the top European leagues, or to avoid relegation, all these games do matter. Now, MLS, I, I, it's like MLS 101 here. But if you, your player's not 100% and you have... 30 games still to go. Yep. You don't bring them back in because you have these 30 games and it's a forgiving calendar and you can concede some things along the way for the bigger picture of playing a guy, not putting a guy in there, I should say, that could re-aggravate an injury. There is no reason to. Mm -hmm. there, you, you always err on the side of caution because the way the league is built. Teams like Seattle in the past have gotten such slow starts and I'm sure they've got criticism, but they know you hit it here and make sure you're you're in peak form. You don't want to lose rivalry games ever. Uh, but under this circumstance, common sense 
if Carlos Vela is at 70%, you don't play him. 75, nope. Well, if, if from everything that I've been hearing, the supporters were very happy about the Supporter Shield. It was an amazing season, but the big disappointment was we did not get to and lift MLS Cup. They want MLS Cup. If that's your goal, you need Carlos. And you don't need him five games in the season. You need him at full tilt at the end of the season and going into the playoffs. So in that regard, this is the smartest decision. But does it make it any easier when you know that you're better than your rival and you know that, man, you have a Carlos Vela-sized hole in that game that if he had that little bit, like, again, with a level head, we were playing the Galaxy off the pitch. They were literally sitting back and just saying, oh God, hang on for dear life. Expend all your energy to, to make every single tackle. And maybe that works well into their, into their system. Like you got a guy like Julian Arahu, who I, I don't think was very good in any of the games leading up. But man, he gets he, revved up for these games. Like, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. When you tell him... That's a great, that's a great shout right yeah, there. Yeah, when you tell him, hey, just go be a wrecking ball and just blow everything up. And it doesn't matter where the ball goes because we'll, we'll, we'll get guys around it. But you just make sure that they can't be clean with their touches. He loves it. Like he's <laughs> well, just, there's a lot of Galaxy players there. And again, we're, that I see like a Daniel Starris. He looks like he looks like Sergio Ramos sometimes when he plays LAFC. Yeah. And then other games you see these huge holes for the the Galaxy are great at preparing for this game and getting hyped up. And that's you know a testament to these guys. But they it, it may come at a price in the big picture of things, because you'll see them in the next game and they'll be flat. Okay, we want to win the gal. We want to win the rivalry games. We want the big picture thing. I am pretty convinced LAFC is going to be ahead of the Galaxy by season's end. And I was a little hesitant on the. No, no, I agree. Okay. I agree with. So, and I think Bob Bradley also at the end of the game is probably going to be very positive with the players because of that effort. You know, disappointed about some of the execution. I think he knows he said, they're disappointed. He said he was disappointed at the end because they they really were pushing for even though they gave up that mistake, there still was chances to get that second goal and at least get a point out of it. Um, but there was, again, they just got a little sloppy. Um, like he said, there was, there was some silly fouls where it, it basically, you're giving the Galaxy the game at that point. You foul them. I mean, they were time-wasting at like the 33rd minute. So when you foul them in the, in the 89th minute or in stoppage time, oh man, they're going to they're gonna really draw that play out. And what they're going to do is, I mean, I think there was a point where, where you and I stopped and you said something like, and here we go. This is the hockey reference. It looked like hockey. It looked like they were just icing the ball. There was a couple icings. Oh yeah. They just kicked it. Chicharito made a five-yard sprint and went, nah, it's fine. Pablo's and like went, 20 yards off his line. He goes, and, I'm just staying went here. right so. back to the center circle and, and got into position. There was one where they dumped it. I was like, uh, okay. You know, Max. Courses for courses. Some people will say that uh, we jinx the team by not doing a hockey reference. And I, I leave that to you. When does the hockey season As start? hockey. How dare you? How dare you? How are the Mighty Ducks doing? I'm asking, these are real questions. Has the season started? Not great. Not great. The Ducks are not good. And that is actually... The, so the season has started. The season has started. I think they're almost to the playoffs. The oh. Ducks are very bad. And that's actually my I team. I actually grew up down the street from, from Honda. Well, can I, can I... This is the thing with hockey. I always liked hockey. And I enjoyed it in the heyday. So you wanted to become the But villain. then when I worked at ESPN and it was like fed down me, everyone's telling me it's the greatest thing. And they're like, we're doing a show on a college football Saturday. And it's like top... Alabama's playing LSU and... Uh, Clemson's playing Florida State. And they go, we should get this hockey highlight in the second segment. Like, no, we shouldn't. No one cares. Ottawa Senators we're versus. Not, we, look like, we look like buffoons if we're putting <laughs> the 
Hurricane sends in there right after a top 10 college football game. But there were so many hockey people there, I had to kind of bow down. And then when I brought soccer up, I go, can we show this highlight? It's kind of a Real Madrid-Barcelona. It's kind of a big game. Do you think we could squeeze it up ahead of Islanders and Penguins? And like, no. I go, oh, okay. Sidney Crosby, bro. All right, you're right. Messi scored a hat trick, but you're right. We've got to get Sidney Crosby uh you know, getting in a fight. Well, that's actually good TV. I'm just glad we were able to get the hockey reference again. I didn't even plan good. that. It just came to my head because literally I remember watching that game and just seeing them clear ball after ball after ball down, down, down in there. Pablo, like, to your point, Pablo was a good 35 yards from his goal because he had to be. I mean, it was almost like hockey-esque where he's like, coach, can I, can I, go, can I go up there? Can I get out? Like, let's get an extra attacker in there. Do we, do we continue with the Galaxy game or do we, we, we cover that? I think we've covered it. Add We're going to have another segment. We have to make it mysterious again it's, for now. It is mysterious. But I'm curious what you might think the 11 for the Sounders game would look like. Oh, do you want to do that in the next segment? Let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about what, we, what kind of adjustments we will see as LAFC approach the end of this very challenging start. And everything's going to be challenging. We, were, we, we put the microscope on it. Now let's, let's zoom out. And we'll talk a little bit about some other MLS storylines. Yeah. And maybe okay, we'll do that. Yeah. The bigger things. Bigger topic. So everyone... It's okay to feel disappointed. You can be angry. I know Monday's going to be tough. And part of losing to the Galaxy game, which is what I loved, and I want to give Gio Garcia because he does his LA Soccer Hub, and he was in the parking lot, and he did some interviews with fans and family, which is one's in a Galaxy shirt, one's in an LFC shirt. That's the best part of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have to move with this rivalry and view it as a city rivalry Mm -hmm. and say it like this is... Where are your colors? The Galaxy have had a long history here. They are the most successful team in Major League Soccer. They have earned that. They had that, the, that stadium they built, one of the first ones there. They've earned that. We're coming in, and we're going to take a piece of the pie, but it's still a walk of life that we all know Galaxy fans and stuff. And I, when I saw those kind of images and people walking the stadium with their shirts, yeah. I go, that's, that's the direction we want to go to. Yeah, I mean, and to that point, it's been a little bit easy to start with. Now you're getting some of that friction. Yeah. You finally, you poke, you, you poke the bear in a good way because we really, I mean, they're still terrified of what LAFC is doing to this city and how they're, they're taking it kind of by storm. Um, and you've seen a lot of changes from the galaxy and a lot of changes that seem very similar to things that LAFC have done. And you should be proud of that. Um, but that Their mean fan that, culture has changed because you know, I've, I've seen that it's from a very the first different day that that stadium was built and it's never looked like that. And that is the handiwork of LAFC supporters. That is the proverbial keeping up with the Joneses because that is the movement you have to make. And LAFC, there's no doubt about it. That really wasn't developed until the 3252, until the traveling supporters, which is what you guys have been able to do. It's a different building, which is why it makes it hard on Monday morning to open up your social media and uh, try, to, try to get through that after a loss. I sure. get it. And that's what we want. That's what we want. Final thought. These losses are going to feel worse and worse when you lose these games. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's, this, is, this is going to be the biggest fixture. We can't call it the, the biggest rivalry yet because it hasn't got the games. Mm-hmm. It will be. And all the ingredients are in place. That said, the wins are going to feel even better. The losses are going to feel even worse. That's what we signed up for, though. Yep. Yeah, I can imagine. What, how does a Barcelona or Real Madrid fan feel after a Clasico loss? River Boca. River Oh. That's the one. Rangers, Celtic. Those people. The two that, sh- I mean, the Barcelona Real Madrid I pull away because the two that share a city because mm-hmm. of the, what I said earlier about the walks of life. And one person's a Galaxy fan, one's an LFC fan. One's, 
the two in the city where you cross paths at the store all the time. Yeah. That's where it's River Boca. That's I can't even imagine what it's like a Monday after one of those and you take an L. Yeah. I mean, this is the only one in the city. I mean, we have the New York the New York one has never really developed. This one has. Yes. So you can put it the only way you can compare it is the global rivalries and there's a handful. Milan. Yeah. The Milan Derby is a yeah, it's a lot like that. But I, I, I like your river boca. That's you know you have that to say way. that the Argentines always say if you want to avoid a trouble, trouble you always go river boca, boca river. Just, to, just double, just in or case. Boca river, river boca. <laughs> just say it and go. He says just do it. You'll stay out here. So good to know. To all good you to guys. know when I'm, I'm. If you're in Argentina, hey, when's the river boca, Aires. boca river game start? Yep, great. We're well, here to educate. We'll be right back. And as we say, even though you know we'll be back, it's going to be like three seconds. So yeah, we'll see you there. And we're back. For the people at home, that was like days. We had been gone for a long time. I've aged. You've been gone just for a few I'm different seconds. now. But when I was gone, I was like perusing online and I saw a nice little stat I wanted to share from Tom Bogert. Who covers. Okay. And I like a, Tommy. It's players that the amount of distance they covered. Don't like that stat. Why not? Go ahead and do it. But well, what, can you explain why you like this stat after? Because it's always a big number. Okay. And it's like, it always makes me think that I should be doing some more running. Oh, okay. I, I thought base. you were going to like say, like, I, you thought you could get some kind of like football knowledge out of it. I mean, it just means uh, guys are running. It's about work. Okay. So of all the players in MLS in this past weekend, Alex Mule, or however they pronounce his name, because I've heard it pronounced 8,000 times. Yeah. I've heard it 8,000 different times. Alex Mule of Nashville, 12.67 kilometers. Oh, what? Covered. Hey. Right kilometers? behind him. Yes. I know it's kilometers. Right behind him, Edward Atuesta at 12.24 kilometers. That's a smooth 12.42 kilometers. Which I, is 7.58 miles. Oh, you did the conversion for yes. us. Nice. Why they put it in kilometers in the first place? I, I, for one, think we should use the metric system in this country, but we don't. I feel like Edward must have just cruised around because he didn't... Doesn't it? I mean... You like never, that set now, don't you? Yeah, he never seems to... No, but I'm just saying, like, what, what does it actually get you in the end? Is all I'm saying. Like, makes you feel good about the work you put in. Yeah. Who do you think finished third? Two. Just throw a name out. Ooh. Uh, At 12 point. Never mind. I forgot right. No, it wasn't any of the Galaxy players because they, ch- they were all sitting back. Uh, Western Caden Clark. Okay, good call. Uh, Gianluco Busio. So it was a fellow teenager. Ah, uh, okay. He got up there too. So, so we're going to get together and let's talk about Seattle. What yeah, we done, think it's going to look like. We've done the micro picture. We settled in on this game. I think we solved all the problems. Now let's, uh, let's zoom out a little bit. We'll talk about Seattle and then just bigger picture because there was some, some news, bigger picture LAFC news. Are you talking about? There was an article. Oh, that, that's not news. That's an article. The, the Athletic what do you think and an Paul Tenorio did an article about how LAFC is viewed as a club. To, okay, it was news to some people. Okay, good. Right? Was, yes. Some people were aghast Surprise. at what John Thorrington said in that as right. if it was news. So yes, it was not news to you and me because we've been keeping a we, we keep a tight eye on the pulse of what's going on uh but a lot of people were a little bit taken aback by what john thorrington had to say in that article were you taken aback at all i i was i was, I was, just, I was, I was speaking just, for you so I, I don't want to say that i wasn't i wasn't taken back i was just refreshed by it i was like it was nice to see him talk about you know openly about how a club approaches this and then openly discussing look we might have a situation in the next six months or so where we're preparing for the playoffs and Edward Atuesta, Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez for the right price could mm-hmm. be on the move. Yeah. And then you have to replace those guys. 
Well, I wrote, I wrote it down because I was so excited about this because I was like, why are people so uh, stunned by this? And I was like, John Thornton from day one has kind of set the path of the club. The path of the club was build a good team, which they did. They've, you know, some silverware, you know, the, the Sports Shield trophy, obviously they're very fun to watch. A lot of records fell. Uh, part of that build a good team was buy young talent. So you make sure that you're stocking yourself with young talent. Sell that young talent, which we're still not quite there yet. And then the, the final, pandemic obviously was a wrecking right, ball. Not his fault. Not his fault. Se. Not anyone's. Not. But that final thing is what you're saying is, it, which is you know you sell talent, which is going to be you know a, almost a final proof of concept. And then the last thing is, how do you restock on the fly? How do you stay good? How do you how do you, how do you sell to your point? And Edward Atuesta, a Diego Rossi in the summertime, which also not his fault that prices are better in the summertime. He doesn't make the calendar. Um, also, prices will be the players that will be available to replace those guys are better in the summertime. Um, but how do you replace those guys and stay good? That's, that's been his MO from day one. I, this should not be surprising. I just hope that we make those, those guys are treated whole and they get a good price because that was always the promise to them too. It's like, this is going to be the springboard to MLS that LAFC will do what other clubs have done to prepare these players or that big move to a top European club or a club in a top European league to be more appropriate, I would imagine, and be that middle person. And they've done a great job in developing. Diego Rossi's a better player today than when he arrived. Oh, Eduardo absolutely. Atuesta was an unknown quantity when he arrived. This was scouting at the highest order for LAFC. Mm -hmm. And now he is the best at his position in this league. And not only, which they mentioned in their getting interest from Europe, but getting interest from the Brazilian clubs. Yeah. So clearly he has, uh, people are noticing and uh, I just hope that the clubs come in and are, are fair about it. And that's the whole idea. And they said, you know, John Thornton was, was saying it as well. I'm not going to give these guys away. I'm not going to do it for a market value because we could keep them and they can play and help us win here. Yeah, John's refreshing in a league that we've already talked about, like the injury reports. To yes, pay. Like you never hear anything. Every, it's, but John is not going to, he's not going to mess around with supporters. He's like, this is how we do it. And this we're going to get John on here again. He's been a guest on yeah, our John's podcast. Yeah, John's great. John's episodes are always the best. I always love when we get to do kind of a wrap up. We do it like twice a year with him. He's, he's always the best. The most viewed. Pro, although, the most although, viewed? although when we're talking to Will Kuntz, Will Kuntz episodes are always the best. It just depends on who we're talking to. The shows, the podcast I did solo, he was the number one of course he downloads was. John Thornton. Do you think? Ken. I, I always wonder this. And the, so this is the ability to hold two somewhat opposing ideas at once. Look, I understand as a supporter, you want to win everything. This is your team. But do you think it's because a lot of people's secondary team is a Chelsea, is a Man United teams that they don't sell their best players? That they, it's hard to kind of wrap their mind around? Because I think I a team... I really think about that, but sure. A team can have players. I think it just breaks people's hearts that you have someone like Edward Atuesto, who I guarantee you, if he's here, wants to win MLS Cup, gives 110%. 110%. But there's that other idea that he's always looking at Europe. And if he can go, he's going to go. And it's hard but for... But he said it as much, too. Right. But I'm saying, is it hard, do you think it's hard for fans because some, sometimes because of the clubs they support to understand that I want a guy that loves LA as much as I love LA, but also this player wants... You want a player that wants to be better than they are and wants to move on. Like, that's a hard thing to... You can't... It's a hard thing to square, right? It is, it's a, we, we all knew that coming in. You know, this is a tough business and... Players come and go, and tenure is hard to come by. Mm -hmm. So uh, we prepare ourselves, and hopefully the market comes back. It's been very strange with the marketplace uh, from Europe, and that's part of why they also discussed the Brian Rodriguez uh, loan move. It's something they wouldn't have done, but right. you know, under these circumstances, 
you get him to go there and play. And by the way, Brian was starting some games, and now he's kind of coming off the bench again. So hard to see the that trajectory. Team has, that team has been a little – it's not all him, too, yes. right? That team's been a little up and down. They were bang on for, like, automatic prom- promotion. Now they're going to have to go through the playoffs if they're going to get to that. Interesting to, promotion here. It's like Espanol coming right back up. Mm-hmm. And I think Mallorca. Mallorca, those So we're going to yep. hear from Stu Holden and Kyle Martino yeah. about their ownership. Super excited. See, what I discovered <laughs> – That I've was a spending, good pause. I don't need to hear that anymore. Uh, what, I, what I have discovered is I had a long chat with my father, and we're from Cuba, one of the first people from Europe to come to the island back then in the 17th century, he told me. So prior to that, we had family. There's Bretoses in Aragon in an area called Huesca, and Huesca's in the first division. So yes. now I'm all in on Huesca, but they are going to get relegated. Oh, no. They're one point behind Valladolid for safety. And I know everyone loves Valladolid because Ronaldo Fenomeno is on there. But I want Huesca because those are my peeps now. Yeah. But I didn't know that until three weeks ago. Wow. That's pretty cool. It is. Right? So Let's the go last, Huesca! The last three games of the season in La Liga have a, have a different sure. uh, tinge to you. They sure do. That's cool. And I, I like want them that. just to be around so they can stick it to Mallorca. I, <laughs> bringing it back to the Steve trans- Nash was the other one who was Steve in Mallorca. Nash, yes. But he's, he's busy with his Brooklyn yes. Nets, right? Um. To bring it back to what we were talking about, though, I think we can't underestimate the, how successful it is to sign Edward Atuesta on a longer contract because in this next coming months, had we not done that, there would be absolutely zero reason for him to sign a, a longer contract because teams can negotiate for him for free. At the end of December, he can pick his destination. So as much as selling is the next step, I think this was a big step in being able to convince players, we know your contract's running down, what can we do for you in this moment that keeps you from walking for free? That's a big thing because I would think most... On, of, that's on Edward and he did it. Well, yeah, it's both. It's a two-way street. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, again, I don't think you can underestimate how big of a win that is for a front office because if he walked for free uh, after kind of dealing with COVID, and it, not himself, just the club dealing with the selling prices in COVID, it's, again, it's about, it's about proof of concept. You got to nail the, you got, you know, you had, you had Horta, eh. uh, but these guys are bang on, sellable players. It seems so Diego, long ago, doesn't it? It does seem so long ago. Uh, Diego Rossi, Edward Atuesta, and either, if either of them walk for free, you're, you're back at square one. Who's going to run that 12.24 kilometers then? Me. <laughs> okay. Exactly why I brought it up. But I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought that was a big part of it. And we'll talk to John about it, but it's good that these are articles being made about it. And we got to prepare. We'll, we'll learn new players to come in. Yeah. You trust, I mean, they found these players. Those guys are still down. They're even more entrenched in South America. And obviously, the net is much wider now with a Kim Moon Wan. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see a player come in from a, from a country that we've never had a player from before. Because suck. that net is much wider than True. you think. But I still think that they got some good, they got some good roots in South America. Oh, There's of course. So much and talent. remember, John. And it's not just Uruguay. I mean, they went to Colombia just, yeah. and Ecuador. We haven't tapped Argentina, although that's a little more expensive market. Brazil, probably too expensive. Paraguay. Paraguay seems like the next Paraguay. big destination. Rodney Redis from there. Yeah. Um, you know, and remember, John always tells us. Venezuela, great deals. Venezuela, which is a burgeoning. Yeah. You can get great deals in Jefferson Soteldo coming to Toronto FC. Well, it, and again, the, the, the thing is this. It, it comes out of blue for us, but these are normally guys they've been tracking for six months to a year where they're really keeping an eye on him. They're, they're, it's usually not something where we're like, ooh, that guy's good. Let's just go grab him. So they, there's definitely already a plan in place. But 
you got to gotta get guys out the door first. That's that's probably the big thing. The big thing I saw about from this Galaxy game, get a striker. Tell you what, there's no striker coming in until someone goes out because there's no room. Yep. There's literally no room. And for those people that are talking about this uh, under 22 initiative, we don't qualify. We they don't qualify. They said it would help LAFC, this new rule. It won't. I don't. I, I don't they, they, he, the players have Paul to be Tenari making. wrote that, and I was still like, I, don't, you're, you're, I think we're overselling it a bit because it well, still the, has the full. It'll help place. LAFC in the future, but as of right now, from what all we've been told, the player to qualify has to be a certain age. Transfer fees don't matter. What does matter is salary, which supposedly has to be 600K and below, the maximum salary charge and below. We know for a fact Diego Rossi makes over a million dollars. We know for a fact that Brian Rodriguez makes over a million dollars. So those two seemingly would not qualify unless there's little things. Again, they haven't, there's always these little mechanisms in MLS. But going back to the, the league being uh, you know, opaque, uh, but I, I, as far as I know, we would not qualify for it now. Now going forward, the next player that comes in, or maybe two or three players that come in, because you get, get up to three of them, could be underneath that. But I'm just saying right now, there's no striker coming in until there's some outgoings. And if Atuesta did leave, that would be Pancho would have her shot at that to play that little deeper midfield. So you already have someone in house. We've been seeing Mark play there a lot. That's true. I mean, he's I, the I only like, guy you can't move out of the midfield into that front line. Yeah, I like Pon- I like Pancho uh, in that position, but we've been seeing Mark play there a lot. Uh, I was actually just tooling around with some stats, um, looking at the heat map, and yeah, Mark's heat. Mark Mark was the deepest midfielder in that game. Had a good game. He did. He's had, he had, he's, had, he's had a good season. Let's talk about Seattle. Sure. Is that all bad enough about the, the, the article? Yeah, yeah, I think that's We good. can revisit it. I thought so. Look, read the Check article. it out on The well, Athletic. Uh, type in LAFC or... Yeah. And Tenorio's great, and he gets good quotes. And, and like we said, John is so open about it. It's not like we have to, dis- we have to explain it even more. John just gives you the answer. That's yeah, what Paul's he's, a guest he says what he means. this podcast on a couple occasions. Yes. We'll have him back again. Okay, so starting 11, one thing you mentioned is Eddie Segura came out late, so he's been logging a lot of minutes, but he is a bit of an Iron Man. Usually doesn't come out unless something's Usually doesn't come out. On. All right, so that's something to keep in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Tristan Blackman flexibility comes in in a big way yep. and could afford an opportunity for Kim Moonhwan yeah, And Kim getting start. his feet wet is great in that instance if that so, happens. Let's assume Eddie does play. And- assume he plays, but again, it is turf. So if he's having something going on that they're worried about, there's now... That was another thing I saw. Some, some people complaining about our depth. I don't think depth was the problem um, in that Galaxy game. I don't think depth's been a problem this year. There, there are guys that are ready to go. Could always be deeper. You yeah, know, but it's a salary it's cap a, league. How deep are you going to go? Under the circumstances, I think we're pretty yeah, you're, maxed out. You're not Manchester United with six center backs deep. I mean, it's just <laughs> not possible. I think, okay, let's say Eddie goes and we have that same back line. I, I would be stunned if Marco Farfan after that. We just had a call and everyone's still talking. We brought up crosses again. Yep. Then Marco Farfan, as a left back, comes into the game. Yeah, we brought up how much of a bright spot he was. And so clearly he's was. It. And a good time for Cheeky to kind of look and see. See the game from a different spot, maybe. See a different game from a different spot. And it's about him getting balls in mm-hmm. and beating that, that last defender on there so you can, good, you can get a ball in. Yeah. It's, it, he has it in him. Well, Mar- what Marco did great was he found those, those, are- those early areas to get a ball in. Okay. In the, in the attack. Yes. He found, yeah, whereas Cheeky was always trying to get to the byline and they were, they were going with him step by step. Maybe send a few early crosses. Then at that moment, you can, you know, flinch, you know, kind of fake, and then get to the byline. But it, he just, it wasn't working for him. And I think it's a good time for Marco to step in. And then the other, the other position we were talking about was, is it, what do we do with that forward line? 
So midfield will stay the same. We assume a Twesta K. Mark. And Mark. Mark, or sorry, a Twesta, Mark, and Latif, I, Latif, I would think. We go to the front line. Baird and Rossi are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Let's assume Carlos Vela is not ready to go. Mm-hmm. Who do you go? We have three candidates. I think Mahala played well. Mahala came in. And Although then I wouldn't Masofsky. mind. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a little change of pace and having Masovsky. Danny in there. time. Danny time. Yeah. Loose time. I like Danny at the end of the game. He looked really upset at the result. He was a kick and he was Yeah, well, yelling. remember he also had that chance where he had a very good yeah. touch and then his second touch let him down. And that, you know, he was in. Yeah. Um, but I like what he brings. He, he is in Houston too. He was doing those little, he was, he's able to hold the ball up better than probably any of our forwards currently. So I would just like to see, I mean, the pressure you can put, if you can hold that ball up and then Diego and Corey are, are you know, bursting by you, or you can drop it back to an Atuesta who can play to one of them, a, a kind of third man run. Um, I just like to see a little change of pace. Although I will say Mahalo is very good uh, in coming in at halftime. You mentioned the turf. So that's going to be something. It's a Sunday night game. It's again on Fox, I believe. I think so, or okay. FS1. And Fox Deportes. Or F- it won't be, it'll probably be on FS1. But it's a big game. Second against Seattle, who have won three of their first four games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you get a result in Seattle, you're back on track. And you got to figure Carlos might play a part in it. Maybe he doesn't play a part at all. But if you, if you get that result and then you come home, and the return of the king. Yeah. Now you're, now you're starting That's to feel a lot better about Our your first season. local broadcast. That's true. Max Bretto's first local broadcast with the. Ret- I, that's what I meant. Return- the hopes of an expanded uh, audience. Oh, did you stadium. think I meant Carlos' return of the king? I was talking about you, the voice of LAFC. I knew you meant that. Did you know who, who was going to be the first plus one? No. <laughs> no. Okay. I do know, but I have should, to check it out shouldn't, again. Shouldn't have asked. I should have asked that before. I, we I got live on. in the moment, man. Of course you do. So uh, it, yeah, that's going to be. It, it's good, and then we get into June, and then we'll have some midweek games coming up there too. So it's going to get pretty. It's going to get pretty busy. So you have to set the table. So I mean, it, you'd love to get something here in Seattle. It's easier said than done. Seattle's playing really well. Probably the best team in the league right now. But we know they're capable. And even the yes. beginning of the first meeting here, LAFC was really pushing them. Mm-hmm. Then it, it came off the pedal a bit. But you can see what they're capable of. And we know what. LAFC is capable of. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, A couple things to mention. Instagram live under the tremendous eye of Imad Balatok. We're back. We are back on Thursday. Bringing the podcast to Instagram, other platforms. Yes, so we're going to have that Thursday, a time to be determined. You can always check it out after the recording there, but we'll be there Thursday night. Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be there with the Kaiser Permanente Great doctor. Dr. Dodd's going to join us, and we're going to discuss the vaccine rollout, how it's important. And remember, the vaccine is going to be massive for you to be able to get into games and events. So let's do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And if you want to come back to Bank of California Stadium, this is your best route to do it. Yes. Because there's going to be vaccined sections. We're hearing it's going to be expanded. So more people in the building, but you got to be vaccinated. So good, good, good listening, good watching on Instagram to learn more about it if you're, if you're just uh, haven't done it yet. Tuesday will be in English. Wednesday will be in Spanish. Great. That's great, too. Yeah. Uh, how's your Spanish? It's good. You look worried. I'm a little worried. Okay. I just don't practice it enough as I used to, but it still comes around. I'll be reading and, and I'll be interacting. Some grammatical errors, but it, they're charming. It gives the, doc- some- the doctor will pick you up if you're, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll take care of it. Yeah, good, she will. Good, she will. Yes. Sorry. Good bedside manner. She'll, she'll take care of it. Okay. Excellent. Check out the pod where it's available. Check out the video pod if you haven't listened to it. You're here on the audio. Go to YouTube on the 110 or the LAFC account. We'll have it mm-hmm. there for you. We'll be back with the Seattle preview, and we'll get back to talking to some of the players and some of the people that are important to the club. Yeah, so a ton of stuff. Tuesday, Wednesday, KP with Kaiser Permanente with Max on the vaccine. Thursday, Instagram Live. Friday, 110 Football on LAFC's YouTube channel. 
And then Sunday, you and I will be there. We'll be hosting the pregame on the AFC app. That's a lot of work, Max. We don't get paid extra for this. I don't know what you're talking about. (sighs) (laughs) I will get paid. I need to negotiate my contract. Inside LFC, MVP podcast. Pick your heads up, everyone. It's a long season, and we got some good guys in there, and they're working hard to get us back to the winning ways and back to the playoff positions. It'll happen. Vince LaRosa, Max Prados, have a great day.